Advanced Memorial Church chancel choir under the direction of Mrs. Debbie Briding, accompanied by Dr. Gail Looney. I'm going to read three scriptures today, and I'm going to keep reading three scriptures um, until we hit Lent. And the reason there's a couple reasons for that. One is because I believe, especially if people come in who are visiting, they need to know that we take the Older Testament seriously here. And so I always want a Hebrew text um, in our readings, but also because we're entering a time when 1 Corinthians comes into the lectionary, and I'd thought about maybe just preaching on 1 Corinthians all through this time. I'm not going to do that because the gospel readings are really important. Um, But I want you to at least hear the words of 1 Corinthians. So you're going to get three texts. Um, from now until Lent. Hopefully that will be helpful to you. The first is from Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, starting at the first verse. But now thus says the Lord, 
He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not, and though the rivers, I'm sorry, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba, in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honored. I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west, and I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. And then from Acts today, the eighth chapter, comes this. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And the Gospel lesson today is the baptism of Jesus from the third chapter of Luke. As people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I have for us this week an experiment. Want us to try something. And I know some of you have given up watching the evening news, and if you're one of those people, then don't partake in this experiment. I know it can be heavy and 
almost depressing sometimes. So if you're one of those people, that's fine. But if you're somebody who watches the news, I have a plan. And I, by the way, I don't care what flavor news you watch. If you're a Fox person or an MSNBC person or a Big Three person or a CNN person, I don't care about any of that. But I want you to watch the news and keep a running tally this week of how many times you hear the phrase, we are living in unprecedented times. Anybody heard that before? This is unprecedented times, right? And usually it has something to do with the fact that, I don't know, we're living in a pandemic, the economy's wacky, our politics are wackier, our culture is out of whack. I'm using whack a lot today. Did you notice that? But you hear it all the time. We're living in unprecedented times, as if no one who has ever gone before us has ever lived through any of the stuff that we're living through. I was thinking about that because I was reading about Martin Luther for this week. Martin Luther is a man who lived in unprecedented times. 500 years ago, when Martin Luther was alive, the world was spinning. The printing press was just about to take off, which meant that people were actually going to be able to read the Bible in a language they could understand for themselves. The religious world, which was just about the only world there was, was being shaken up by Luther and others to become something fresh and new. But Luther personally was a very um, disturbed sort. John probably could spend some time reading about him and diagnose him with some sort of something that the DSM would tell him was a psychosis or a neurosis or a something that he had. He was a little bit nutty. You can go to the place where Martin Luther lived and see a big spot of ink on his wall. He threw his ink well once up against the wall because he thought he was seeing the devil, and so he threw ink at the devil. He was often depressed. He was challenged constantly by the higher-ups around him. The people he pastored didn't always want to follow. He lived in unprecedented times, and above his desk to look at in times when he got very, very out of sorts. He wrote, You were baptized. You were baptized, he wrote, to remind himself that the simple act 
of pouring water on his head had happened to him and that his life was changed forever because he was claimed by God as God's own. You could go back a little further to another unprecedented time. Jesus lived in an unprecedented time. The Roman oppressors had come in and taken over, but they did what they did, which was to allow the people they conquered to live mostly as they lived. The Romans didn't impose their own religion or their own way of life on those folks. They let them live as they lived until they got out of hand, and then they put an end to it. But it was hard. It was hard to live under the yoke of an oppressor, a person who controlled your moves and your life and your money and your family. And the people just wanted a savior. And John, the baptizer, goes out into the wilderness away from the city where people had to actually make a trek to see him. They had to make a deliberate decision that they wanted to search for that Messiah. And they did. Jesus himself went out to the river. in that unprecedented time, to be baptized by John. Theologians talk about that act as being part of Jesus' messianic identity. That is to say that perhaps Jesus didn't know he was to be the Messiah until he was baptized then. whether he did or not, it becomes very clear that once Jesus is baptized, the skies open up and the creator of the entire universe says, you are my son. I love you. Blessed ones, in this unprecedented time, what would it mean for you to hear again the creator of the universe saying, you go, girl, you're mine. What would it mean to you to know that God says, That's my boy. I love him. My pastor, who was a jerk in his young life, and I think if he were here, I would still say that. I think he would say that. Tells a story about when he was in high school, he was fighting with a guy 
over the woman who is now his wife. They've been married over 30 years. But in high school, he and this guy were going at it. And he tried very hard not to do anything dumb at school. Not not because he was a good guy, just because he didn't want to get in trouble. And one day, as the story goes, the guy showed up at my pastor's front door. And as he tells the story, he says, I clocked that guy. He knocked him out. But he tells the story and he says, the difference was, the reason I could do it then and not any other time, the reason why I was brave enough to finally confront that bully and put an end to his messing with my wife and everything that he had been doing to make my life miserable was because my dad was home. My dad was home. I I hope everyone in this room has had an experience where you know that you can move through life confidently because your parents have your back. And I hope all of you who are parents and grandparents have been that person for your kids. The violence of that image notwithstanding Do you get how secure you can stand knowing that the Father has your back? We stand here saying we live in unprecedented times. Life is hard. Things are difficult. Maybe no one else has ever gone through what we're going through, but you know what? We're baptized people. Living in the love of God who will not let us go, no matter what. I will never forget that little theologian who wouldn't keep quiet today, but in the past has been profound here saying, church is the place you can never get kicked out of. And Carolyn, even if we both wanted to kick him out today, he's got it. You taught him right. Church is the place you can never get kicked out of because the, the love of God is something we can never lose. And that lets us stand secure in unprecedented times. Thanks be to God. Amen.